I'm Peter Martin. And I'm Adam Annis. You're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Today we're going to give you seven great jazz pianists that are not on Mount Rushmore. Okay, two questions. First of all, there aren't any jazz pianists on Mount I know. Rushmore. You wrote the title to this, but Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, well, and question two, <laughs> or aren't there four two. people supposed to be on Mount Rushmore? Yeah, we're, four, we're, on we're four, six, seven on. We tried four before, and then we got so excited work. we added more, and then we said we're going to add even more later, I think. I feel like we even ended up with nine. I know. <laughs> and now I feel bad because these are great players we have today, and it's like it's the second rung. You know, it's like you'd have the real Mount Rushmore, and then as you're driving there, like for the lazy people, come to, to fake Mount Rushmore <laughs> yeah. on your way. But these are... Still great, maybe getting a little bit less under the radar, right? Yeah, totally. Or more under the radar. More under the radar. You want to kick it off? Let's kick it off. We have Red Garland at number one (laughs) of the second group. (laughs) (laughs) The best of the the best of the worst? No. No, No, I mean, Red Garland is... Well, this actually, now that I'm looking, this is kind of a cool list because this, we can almost call it like pianist pianists. Um, They're they're known and they've been on some, some, some big... Recordings, but they, if they actually were on Mount Rushmore, some people might be like, what? you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for any jazz pianist, they would, it's like kind of undisputed, uh, you, you know, their value and their worth. So, Red Garland, uh, who was from Texas, did you know that? I did not know Great, that. The, the Lone Star State. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, they, they produced, you know, many great jazz musicians, but for some reason, Texas. Most of the jazz musicians that are from there, other people don't know that's where they're from. Like Philly jazz players, St. Louis, Chicago, for sure, New Orleans. Like Texas, I guess since it's so big and everything. But anyway, Red Garland, did you know he was a boxer? This can be a little trivia, too. I did not know He was that. a boxer, and I believe he's the one who got Miles into, interested in boxing when he was I, playing with I him. had no idea about that. I wow. Should, yeah, it's a lot know. you don't know. I just thought he was a guy with like pretty block chords and nice, beautiful <laughs> bebop lines. <laughs> it's that, well, that, those, those are true, too. Yeah. Um, so Red Garland um, has, yeah, block chords, introductions. Yeah. What are the reasons he's on Mount Rushmore for you? I mean, it's all about his touch and feel, right? He mm-hmm. has this little bloopy eighth note feel that just feels awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, like, the, you know, the famous block chords, the, the two-handed octave block chords yep. that he does often. Um, Red Garland's Piano, that album. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, great. Prestige. Great on Prestige, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, one of my favorites. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to continue on. My, my first pick here is Phineas Newborn Jr. Mm. Uh, this I is, never knew he was junior. Uh, he's a junior, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and there's a third, I think, who's an actor. Oh, well. I don't know. Um, but, now, is it Phineas or Finus? Because I, I hear both from, from pretty reputable sources, I would have to say. You hear Finus? Yeah. I've always heard Phineas. Really? Yeah. Now, I've heard Finus from like some, some heavy New York cats. Well, now I feel a little... Uh, feel a little oh. weird. I mean, I, I say Phineas. Possibly Phineas, possibly finest newborn. <laughs> uh, finest is cool because it's got the, like, the, the connotation of the finest. The finest, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, unbelievable pianist, a true two-handed pianist, you know, famous for his octave lines, mm-hmm. famous for some really hip block chord uh, uh, ideas that, that he had that were very unique and it, truly unique sound a player that you know within a few seconds who you're listening to i mean right. got that touch and those those uh, octave sounds um 
Love the records from uh, the late 50s, early 60s, World of Piano, great. Oh, that's classic. Jazz piano, Phineas Newborn, I Love a Piano. Um, Have you transcribed any uh, Finest or, fi or Phineas <laughs> Newborn Jr.? You know what, I feel like I did. I feel like I did when I was in high school, but I don't remember what. The only thing I think I've ever done is that it's solo on Cheryl. Oh, yeah. On, on World of Piano. On World of Piano, yeah. yeah. And I don't think I learned the whole thing, but I, there, there's, some, there's some themes in there some lines in there that are so strong I still remember how they feel yeah. you know like he, he, he he's really a pianist pianist yeah. in that uh, his stuff is very pian pianistic very pianistic yeah. yeah underrated would you say this list a this list maybe a little under. bit yeah. yeah well it's the it's the it's the little Mount Rushmore it's the little so, Mount yeah. Rushmore yeah yeah um, so okay number three I'm gonna go with someone who is not necessarily underrated as an artist but probably underrated as a pianist and that is Nina Simone yeah uh, she Started out uh, as a pianist, you know, well before she was singing, at least professionally, um, from what I understand, from seeing this, the, the documentary um, that was recently released, the Netflix documentary, which is so wonderful. Um, but she, uh, she's one of the most astute um, pianists that I've heard within the jazz world and blues and certainly R&B and, and, and what she went into, which really doesn't have a great definition, nor does it need a great definition. Um, but her piano playing stayed so firmly rooted in this incredible touch and technique that she had developed from a very young age. Apparently she was a prodigy, you know, playing classical music, playing uh, gospel music from a very young age, had an incredible ear, um, but, you know, really got some very good training from a young age, just in terms of classical piano and really spent a lot of time, you can tell, from the technique that she, that she developed and her abilities and her command of the instrument. And, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where as things moved along, it kind of professionally took, uh, took a backstage to her singing and her showmanship, which was wonderful. But just one of my favorite pianos just to sit and, and, and play at the instrument. Yeah, I mean, she, she became a bit of a star, yeah. you know, in her own right. Yep. Which, and, and I think is an underrated pianist for sure, yep. for all those reasons. Uh, all right, so number four, I'm going to go with Hank Jones. Uh, Hank Jones is an amazing pianist, uh, another very pianistic pianist. Yeah. And he uses the piano in such a unique way. Uh, talk about your own sound, you know, these kind of um, thick, blocky chords that he comps with really feels amazing. Mm. Great choices uh, as a comper. <laughs> Are we going back to comper? Yeah, it's so it. easy let's to say it. once we've done it. But I want to go back and unpack what you just said. You said blocky chords. Now is that different than block chords? Yeah, it I, is, right? Well, I'm, 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 they sound uh, they sound heavy to me. Mm -hmm. Like they're like there's blocks that he's dropping on the keys. You know what I mean? And right. it, it has to do with I'm sure how he structures his voicings. There's a lot of clusters yeah. in his voicings, kind of in the middle or in the low range of it. You know, he uses a lot of rooted voicings, even yes. when he's playing with a bass player. Yep. You know, it's something that as pianists were taught, you know, some people are taught, oh, don't do not do that. But a lot of the greats do it a, yep. a lot. And yep. it gets a sound that you can't get without it. Yep. You know, there's just that, that interval between the root and the seventh or the root and the fifth, depending yeah. on how you're voicing it, that you can't get. I mean, I always think it, it shows a lot of confidence in a pianist uh, when they play rooted voicings. And whenever I hear it, and it's, it's, it's usually a subtle thing that pianists, outside of pianists and bassists, don't really notice it or think about it. Yeah. Um, we have to think about it as, as, as pianists and bassists because that's the biggest potential for clashing. 
but I think it's it shows to me it's almost the equivalent of a bass player that doesn't play the root every time at the beginning of the measure. Yeah, you know it shows confidence that that the basses can hold it down, hold the harmony down, hold the root structure without playing the most obvious thing. And so for the pianist, it's like playing the root. It's sort of the inverse of it in that it shows that I can go down and play the root, but I'm listening so well that I know that I'm either going to move off of it or it's going to fit. I'm listening to the bass player on such an intuitive level that I'm, I'm not forcing him or her anywhere, but I'm going to have this fit in. So a lot of times, and I'm thinking like Hank Jones remembering now, he moves in and out of those rooted voicings really slickly, you know, to, to rootless voicings and stuff. was a master of that. Totally. And Red Garland, same thing. Yes. You know, did yep. this, had the same technique of, of throwing in roots and rooted voicings. There's, you know, like we were saying, there's just a sound that you get with a rooted voicing. And hey, listen, on, you know, uh, in most situations, the piano, just the timber of the piano, the timbre of the piano, the timber. Timber! timber. <laughs> the timbre of the piano that low, it, it's not gonna compete with the bass. Right. You know what I mean? Unless you're going really, really low and you're playing very, very hard right. and heavy, yeah. you know, you, you're not gonna get in the way of the bass. If, no. If you're just, if you can do it tastefully. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. I love doing it. And if you listen, as long as you do number as one, as you listen. listen. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, okay, next. What are we up to? One, two, that's four. We're moving right on down Mount Rushmore. Actually, we're passing the official limit on Mount <laughs> no. Rushmore. Yeah, we're, we're past Mount Rushmore. Did we figure out where Mount Rushmore was last? South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Um, so number five, I'm going to throw out a great, or throw in a great uh, pianist, Tommy Flanagan. Nice. Or as a uh, gentleman who runs around St. Louis, great jazz fan, first Described him as Tommy Flanagan <laughs> many years Finest, ago. Finest, Phineas, Flanagan, yeah. Flanagan. Now, Finest and Phineas, that's possible. Tommy Flanagan, I'm pretty sure that was just this one guy who calls him that. Man, have you heard Tommy Flanagan? I was like, what? Are you stupid? Um, so Tommy Flanagan, well, now I'm just, I'm looking. We're really stuck in this like late 50s kind of era. But that was a great piano era. I mean, <laughs> it really, really was. It, was. it was a classic. Um, Tommy Flanagan is probably, you know, I think we think of him as a little bit lighter touch than um, Hank Jones, um, but a very, you know, Tommy Flanagan is always like very tasteful, like yep. his lines. He does some block chords, not as much as like Red Garland and, and Hank Jones maybe, but like whenever he did it, it was at the right time. Tommy Flanagan, his comping is like always on point. Uh, he keeps everything like within his wheelhouse. When he does actually hard stuff, he makes it sound easy. Yeah. So it, it kind of comes across as understated in a lot of ways, I would say. Yeah. But I mean, just look at the recordings he's been on. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, Saxophone Colossus, Giant yeah. Steps. You yeah. Know I mean, it's like, it's not an accident right. that he's, he's on that stuff. And he knows how to, I mean, his comping on Giant Steps was was really interesting and masterful and like understated, but... You know, you talk about just showing up to the session, having to play that music. I yeah. mean, he was on point for yeah, sure. Yeah, was awesome. Yep. All right, so number six, I'm going to go with <laughs> a pianist of that same era, and that is Winton Kelly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call an audible here. <laughs> I'm going to put Winton Kelly up at number six. Um, I mean, what what is there to say? Obviously, you know, one of the great masters. Is, are we sure he's not on our original Mount Rushmore? He may be, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we had trouble finding that list. We should have gone back and listened to that He's episode. one of our favorites, and he's one of the great pianists of that era, for sure. I mean, We may even call him the great Wynton Kelly. I mean, if, <laughs> if the we great Wynton Kelly. Lioness. No, uh, you know, famous for his work on Miles Davis's um, not just Kind of Blue, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, all, that whole era of, of Miles Davis quintet that he was a part of uh, unbelievable pianist was that him on the the orange live at carnegie hall uh, with miles 
I think it was. Mm-hmm. That's a great record. It's either him or Red Garland, for yeah. sure. That's a great record. I'm just kind of thinking of that. And Can then, we put records on? I will do that another <laughs> episode. Uh, and then his trio records. Yes. Uh, you know, also, uh, so much to check out. So much good stuff. One of the most grooving musicians ever. Yeah. Great sound. Uh, underrated technique, for sure. Yeah. It takes a lot of good technique to be able to sound the way he sounded. Well, and I think his technique was so specific... Uh, to phrasing like he had a great command he's not necessarily seen as somebody that played with this huge range of technique it's not like Oscar Peterson yeah exactly but I mean in terms of like control of lines like you never really got the feeling that something he played something where he wasn't in total technical control of how it swung and how it felt how the accents now he created a lot of that yeah but it was from a very uh organic phrasing standpoint and I would say that he's, from a phrasing standpoint at the piano, he's probably the most influential out of all these pianists, of all the pianists today. You know, with kind of Herbie, Hancock, and Chick Corea, sort of the conduit. And, of course, he influenced, I mean, all these, you know, influenced. And then Bill Evans, too, was a big conduit. But, I mean, I would say Winton Kelly, just the way he plays lines, like, even if we had never listened to him our whole generation, we would have got it through, through the, other, the, the, yeah. the generation in between. Totally. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so for number seven... Now, okay, we really should have looked at that original list, man. Shame on us. <laughs> Mary Lou Williams, because I feel like she might she have might been be on there, too. too. I mean, Mary Lou Williams is just like, this is good. At least we're getting, we're not getting more modern, but at least we're getting out of the late 50s, although she was still playing then. Yeah, you know? yeah. uh, Mary Lou Williams is just a, a giant of the music, and you know, just due to our general sexism in this culture and in the world, has never quite gotten her due. But, but I think now... There's a lot of great things happening, a lot more acknowledgement, and and really just a lot more discovery. I know for myself, too, like, I just didn't have access to a lot of her recordings. I'd heard some of her stuff, but as I dug deeper, and that's one of the great things about, you know, the internet and music being online is that you can do these deep dives quicker. Um, So, you know, I was lucky because my dad played me some of her music when I was real young, and I was like, oh, I always knew she could play. Yeah. And but I was kind of in that era, era of like, oh, she plays old style. And then when I got into the old style, I was like, oh, wait, let me go back and hear her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just I, I mean, masterful kind of technique along the lines of, you know, I mean, you hate to even say it's like Art Tatum, Oscar Peterson, but like the really, you know, Nina Simone, like the, the, the real masters of the instrument. And then all the hip jazz stuff, the blues, all that kind of gospel, all that in there as oh, well. That's awesome. Well, there's our list of seven great jazz pianists that aren't on our Mount Rushmore, although we're not quite sure about it. If they didn't. You know what? If they're on there twice, they deserve to be on there twice. You know? Hey, listen, uh, please leave us a rating and a review below if you like what you heard. Uh, and you can also go to youllhearit.com to uh, leave us a message and give us some ideas for lessons. Kind of interact in general. Like, we're not anti-interaction. We love interaction. Yeah, just pop in and say hi. Yeah, say what it. up. Yeah. Also, don't forget, uh, if you want uh, to check out Open Studios All Access Pass. Uh, that's an annual subscription to every course that Open Studio offers. Uh, we're what? leaving up. Yeah, I know. Wait, is that even legal? I, I don't know. <laughs> we should probably check with our lawyers. But we're offering uh, you'll, our you'll hear it listeners ten percent on. Uh, uh, I don't know. How, I don't know how long we're going to keep this up, but we. Should. I mean, it can't be forever, man. This company will go broke. But for now, for you guys, for our loyal listeners, and the code is you'll hear it ten. If you enter that in the offer code field and you check out, you'll save 10% off a annual all-access pass. And, I mean, this is the thing. This is a little bit of a test for folks to save this money. you got to be able to spell. <laughs> you know, you'll hear it. No, I, we don't want to see any punctuation and none of that. Yeah. Just push it all together. You'll hear it 10. Yeah, and, you know, if you can spell that, 
and you get the all access pass, then you'll definitely be able to say it, and then you'll be able to <laughs> hear it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>